on a previous episode, we talked about the importance of adding albums to the products you offer to clients. This week, we're going to take a deeper dive into the creative side of the process and share how we go about designing and putting an album together for our clients. Plus, we'll share some tips and strategies that will hopefully make the process more efficient and most importantly, more profitable for your studio. And welcome back to another episode of Twip Weddings. I am Bruce Clark, and once again, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Mr. Robert Evans and Mr. Brian Capricci. Hey guys, how's it going? Good morning. Good morning. Good Doing morning. well. Good morning. So in uh, in, a, in a previous episode, I forget the, the episode number, they're, they're all blurring together now, right? Um, but we, we did talk about the importance of, of albums and uh, the importance of adding album sales to your wedding products. Um, so today we're going to we're gonna take a deeper dive into that process. We're going to share kind of the creative side of it, how we go about actually designing the album for our clients and share some strategies to make the process hopefully more efficient and more profitable. But before we get into the show, uh, we want to remind you how you can participate in the show. We've got a bunch of different ways you can interact with us. Uh, first off, you can visit the website at thisweekinphoto.com slash weddings. And there you'll find the show notes for each episode, which contain links to everything that we mentioned on the show. Um, you can also leave your comments and feedback for us in the comment section. Uh, if you do have a question or a suggestion for a topic for a future episode, which, by the way, this show is inspired by one of our listeners who uh, wanted us to kind of dig deeper into the album design process. Um, so you can do that just by sending us an email. Our email address is twipwed at thisweekinphoto.com. Or if you prefer using social media, just add the hashtag twipwed to your post and we'll keep an eye out for your posts there. And if you want to follow us and see what we've been up to, uh, probably the best place these days is uh, we've got a Facebook group. So we're at facebook.com slash groups slash twipwed and new people are signing up there every week. And I'm seeing there's some discussions starting on there and people are starting to ask some questions and contribute. So definitely join us over on Facebook. And we are also on Instagram. We need to do a better job on, on that. I know we say that every <laughs> show and then we don't, but we are on Instagram, so you can follow us over there at Twitter. I think I'm the only one that's represented on there. <laughs> Maybe. You might you be. You guys better well. get up there. So thanks, Robert, for carrying the flag. <laughs> awesome. So let's get into today's topic. And uh, like I say, on, on a previous show, we talked about the importance of adding albums to, to the products that you offer. But today we want to take a deeper dive into more of the creative side of that process, share kind of how we go about designing and putting an album together for our clients. And hopefully we'll share some some tips and some strategies that will make the process more efficient and most importantly, more profitable for your studio. So big topic with a lot of ways we could kind of go with this. But um, I want to sort of ask both of you guys, you guys, I think, you know, in previous episodes, we talked about albums. And I think you guys are both big proponents of an album um, for for both of you guys. Do you. Do all your weddings include an album? Like, do you do a wedding? Have you ever shot weddings where there's no album involved in the picture, or pretty much is it majority of your weddings with albums? Go ahead, Brent. Um, for me, we've got about eighty-five percent of our couples will go with a wedding album, um, and that's only because we do uh, a fairly in- intentional way of presenting. Uh, albums and of of packaging our albums into our wedding collections so it's kind of a a very obvious choice to go with a collection with with our photography business that has a wedding album um so yeah i'd say 85 percent. and for those that don't uh we usually try and push them up afterwards to grab them out an album okay so you've usually pre-sold an album before you've before yeah i i think uh i mean uh, we could get into the whole business out of this but uh, i think i think if you don't pre-sell an album the chance of you actually converting clients to getting an album afterwards is extremely unlikely yeah uh, i mean it, for anyone listening that's gotten married before themselves i mean i got married five years ago and i remember this like it was yesterday it's like after the wedding it's all the wedding stuff by the time you talk to any couple the week before their wedding and it's like oh are you looking forward to the wedding this weekend every couple always says i just can't wait for it to be over <laughs> you know, yeah. at this point <laughs> i want to go on the honeymoon and then after you get married you're into married life you're into doing things you got your home you're Maybe thinking about a family already. You're just enjoying the honeymoon stage and, and you're out of wedding mode. And so to try and convince someone to part with that amount of money after their wedding when they're out of wedding mode again is very difficult. So I think if you haven't converted or you haven't pre-sold that up front, the chance of you doing it afterwards is just going to go down as the days go by. Yeah. Plus the bank accounts out of wedding mode as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it might, be a little, it might be a little dry. Robert, how about you? Do you do all your wedding collections uh, include an album or what's, what's the percentage of weddings that you do that include an album or 
how it applies. I would say 99% of them. Um, that's yes. Like I do have, um, a base package that then this is a good little tip for people that, um, quote unquote does not include a, a major album. Um, but in my base package, uh, we've talked about this on the show before I make them what I call a gift album. So I factored it into the price. It's generally a 30 uh, to 50 image book, depending on what I want to do. Um, I use couture albums and it's a very unique book. It's kind of looks like a leather journal. Uh, looks great with black and white images, although I'll throw some color in there. But basically, in a nutshell, <clears throat> that's a book that I design. I try to get it uh, designed right away. So within two months of the wedding, um, if they did not pre-purchase an album, they're going to receive this as a gift from the studio. They have no say in what I do. So the way I look at it is I'm designing uh, a mini portfolio uh, for them to go out and show their friends. And they get it very quickly. Um, so in most cases, you, you know, I'll get comments back from people where their friends like, oh, my gosh, you already got your wedding album. And uh, so I'm putting in it what I want, not a bunch of family photos or bad pictures that my couples picked. Um <clears throat> You never and take were, those, do you? You always take good good pictures, though, right? Well, when I say photo. bad pictures, I mean the they put just all the family <laughs> photos in the groups and none of you know Robert's fun, creative images, and uh, so it gets to be what I want. They're out there showing their friends and family who are impressed that they already have their book, and uh, I would say probably sixty percent of the seventy percent of the time, that's generated uh, a lead to another album that they want to order with the family photos and things like that in it. So, so far, it's been a very good experiment. I've been doing it for a couple of years now, and it works really well. Cool. So we're, we're the same. I think very similar to both of you guys in that uh, we structured our packages so that every one of our packages includes an album. Again, we have kind of a base package that's a, that's a smaller album. And then as they, you know, as the packages go up, the album gets a little bit, you know, a little bit bigger, more spreads, that kind of stuff in it. So um, the, the reason I asked the question is I wanted to know if both of you guys approach and when you go into photograph a wedding, if you go into a wedding with the album, are you shooting for the album? Do you shoot kind of with that in mind? I would say for me, um, yes and no. I mean, I've been shooting weddings 27 years and that's how I was trained in the very beginning. Like we had basically a shot list when I worked for a studio and you had to do pose A, pose B because, you know, back then they charged hardly anything on the front end and made everything on the back end. So it was all uh, important for that to get all those images so they could sell them to the couple. Um, I still have those thoughts in my mind today. Um, and like, I'll shoot even beyond just your basic stuff. Like I'll shoot a little bit of detail or scenery or anything artistic, um, sometimes subliminal things that I know that I can use as maybe page dividers or a, a scenic um, that will bring my clients back to that moment. It might be something at the hotel or the location that everybody noticed, but you wouldn't really think to photograph. And uh, I'll use it in a page and I'll screen it back. And um, But I just, more or less, I would say I go to the wedding and shoot uh, for me and what I want and, you know, my artistic and get the family. And then I will create the album with what I am left with. Yeah. Brian, how about you? Do you kind of go into a wedding with that mindset of shooting for the album or is it just something, you know, an element that's in the back of your mind? I think uh, for me anyways, and again, this is just perhaps how I photograph. I think if I didn't photograph with the album in mind, I, I wouldn't be able to tell a very cohesive story in the wedding album. And, and, and I think um, I would encourage photographers to consider the idea of shooting for the album because it kind of, uh, there's a great book, I'm sure many have read it, called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. If you haven't read it, go up and, and pick it up and grab it. It's a, a classic. But one of his uh, uh, chapters in the book is called Start With the End in Mind. And although it is in context of a different thing, obviously he's not talking about wedding albums and that, but I think the bigger picture idea is that unless you know what you're doing with the photographs that you're making and taking on a wedding day, it's very difficult to actually then go ahead and follow through and, and build that unless it was built with the intent of, or it was photographed with the intent of it being presented that way. Uh, case in point is something that I love to do in by photographing for the album is do what a lot of movies and TV shows do so effectively. And it's something that maybe a lot of people don't even pay attention to it. Although after I mention it, every TV show and movie that you watch, you'll probably realize it. 
And it's that whenever in a movie or a TV show, they're transitioning from one scene to the next. Let's say you're at the office in one scene and the next scene it shows, you know, the, the guy who was at the office back home. Um, it doesn't just ha- have a, a scene of him in the office and then it, it flips and all of a sudden he's in his kitchen cutting up carrots. It actually goes and then shows it kind of transitions out of the office and it shows like usually a bigger scene of the office, you know, leaving or him leaving the office. And then it sort of shows a transition of him going back home. And then after that, it shows maybe the house from the outside. And then it kind of zooms in and goes to just the front door. And then all of a sudden you're inside the house and now he's in his kitchen chopping carrots. Now that is something that's so simple. And we see that in every single TV show or movie that we watch and we don't often pay attention to, to it. But what it's doing is it's setting the scene. It's saying, okay, here's where we were. Here's where we are now. And it's helping you in that transition to those two spaces. And if I don't photograph with the wedding album in mind, I could easily go from photographing the bridal prep in the morning to just all of a sudden start photographing the groom prep right afterwards. But if I'm photographing for the album in mind, then I'm going to photograph some bigger details of here's where the scene was. Here's where the bride was getting ready. Here's where the groom is getting ready. Here's a picture of the room number. Here's a picture of the hotel from the outside. Here's a picture, a, a bigger, wider picture of the whole you know, prep scene of all the guys getting ready. And so when I do that that way, when I photograph and I build that into the album, it makes for a much more cohesive story. It transitions from one space to the next, from one sort of environment, one story to the next. And if I wasn't photographing like that, I feel like my albums would look very choppy. Hmm. So what would that, I'm curious, what would that look like in the spread? So for example, say the girls are getting ready in a hotel. Would you include, say it's the spread of the girls getting ready. Would you include sort of the hotel as an image in the spread or what would that look like exactly? When I can, I try and have those scene setting shots be an entire spread in and of themselves. So I'll want to have like the overall of the church, the overall of the ceremony, the overall of what was happening around the ceremony. Um, one of the things that I do now, I guess with this, um, that's actually the job of my second shooter. Uh, and we've talked about second shooters in a previous episode. But for me, the whole point of a second shooter, it's actually my wife. And I literally say, I'm focusing on the people. Whenever I'm photographing a person, I want you to look around, see what's around that is part of what makes this environment where we're at today and photograph that. So if I'm photographing a ceremony outside in a vineyard, I tell my assistant, my second shooter to say, go around and photograph everything that makes this particular location unique photograph the grapes photograph the vines photograph a bigger picture thing get up and photograph the winery from the inside shoot some of the bottles shoot anything that makes this unique and so i'll put an entire spread together before the ceremony that sets the scene so you're going from the groom prep to all of a sudden now you've got these beautiful landscapes all these macro shots these great images of a vine of a, of a, a vineyard and then all of a sudden in the next spread the couple's getting married in the vineyard so it just helps to transition that and set the scene for the next spread. Hmm, excellent. Would you do that if it was, say, not a very interesting place? They were, say they were getting ready in like a, I don't know, an ugly church basement or something. Let's say it just wasn't a very aesthetically pleasing place where they were getting married. Would you still? Yeah. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Um, I may not have a full spread of it, but instead I would have details of the boutonnieres, details of the cufflinks, of the groom's rings, of the suit, of the bow tie they're wearing of all the little things that make their wedding unique. You know, I kind of like to look at it and say, what makes this different? Why did they choose this? What's happening right now that is special to them? How can I photograph it? If they're just getting ready in the church basement by default because they didn't have a better location, obviously the church basement is not very important for them, but what can I photograph that would set the scene for this moment or this part of the day that is important to them? And then how can I make that a part of the wedding album? Yeah. Robert, how about you? Do you a similar approach with you in, in terms of the environments? Because you're probably shooting some really beautiful, uh, beautiful locations with your clients. Yeah, that's what I mean. Kind of what I said is exactly what Brian said. He just said it in more detail. So those are the things, you know, for instance, if I'm shooting destination, yeah, I'm going to shoot scenic shots around the property or even on my time off and my travels. You know, I go into town and I do some personal time. I might even incorporate some of those images back into the book. Um, And then another, like, which made me think when you guys were talking, a technique you could use, let's say you go back to that same basement scenario, the thought that came to my mind and there was absolutely nothing, you know, 
besides details, maybe you could do like a very wide shot of the whole scene. And then regardless of what the image is, you know, you can use them in the album and you can screen them back. And for those of you that don't know what that means, you just make the image 40%, 30%, 50% of what it is. So it's a little bit translucive. Um, and you could always make them black and white too. That of course always helps, but it's just another way. If you don't have something that's like really beautiful. And even if you do have something that's beautiful, sometimes, you know, screening it back a little bit, um, you know, works really well too. It's just a little bit more artistic edge other than just, you know, having a bunch of images throughout the book that are, you know, 100%. Sometimes it breaks it up a little bit, adds a little more artistic design to it. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. So in terms of the album itself and the images that go into the, the finished album. So Robert, you mentioned that you do those gift albums in kind of your base package and th that's all determined by you. The client doesn't have any say that goes into that particular book. Um, what about with the other albums? How do you guys, what's your guys' process as far as selecting and choosing the images for, uh, for the album? Because I know there's a bunch of different ways you could approach this. You could have the client send you a list of images or you could like we pre-design the album first for them because we find clients would never get around to getting <laughs> the images. But I'm curious what your guys' approach is to actually selecting the images for the album. I prefer the pre-design, just like you mentioned. So, you know, we'll do a design for the client. I know if they got a hundred image album, um, I'll over-design and I tell my clients that if I do a pre-design, I'm going to tell a story and it could have anywhere from 50 to 150 images over what they paid for and then allow them to remove what they don't want uh, on first edit. Um, and if they really want to and they want to choose their images, you know, of course, I have to allow them to do that. Uh, so I prefer the pre-design, but I do give the option if they want to pick their 100 images, they can do that as well. And then I'll take from there and design. Brian, how about you? How do you do you pre-design or do you get the clients to give you their favorites first? Um, I do not recommend uh, doing favorites <laughs> because I think there's a number of reasons and I'll, I'll explain why. I'll also explain I do something a little bit different. I actually don't have limits on the number of pages or the size of the album that I do. So I actually have complete creative control over what I want to do because of that. Uh, and I could, if we want, I can talk about that a little bit maybe. But um, the reason that I would suggest not having clients uh, pick favorites is a couple of reasons. Number one, if your clients pick their favorites, they're going to take forever. <laughs> There's yes. no ifs, ands, or buts about that. If you say, hey, Mr. Client, here's a thousand images. Give me your hundred of your favorite. It's like, holy cow, talk about a big thing for them to do. So you're just putting a barrier in the way and you're not making it easy to actually follow through and do this album for your client. So you're you're stopping yourself before you even get there. So that's one reason. Number two, they're often not going to be picking the ones that maybe ideally should be put into the album. Again, the thing is, is if we are photographing for the album and we've designed way that we photograph a wedding day in the morning and, and all that to fit cohesively into an album, how are they going to know that vision that we had? It's just going to it's going to be completely disconnected. They may choose, like Robert said, a whole bunch of family photos. And maybe when they're looking at all their images as little thumbnails, they're going to think that's what they want their album to look like. But when they get their album in their hands, that's not what they want their album to be. An album is not supposed to be a document of who was at your wedding. It's supposed to be a storytelling piece. And unless we help them give that to them, there's no way that they're ever going to know to want that. So that's another reason. Another reason is that um, it, it doesn't really fulfill our creative vision for what we had for the wedding. You know, I mean, we are professional photographers and I believe it should be within our scope to follow through and finish the work that we do on the wedding day by photographing it for them. By designing the album, I believe that my work doesn't end with the photography. My job of being a wedding photographer is to tell the story of a wedding day and an album is the finished piece of that. So how am I going to have their input on that if it's supposed to be my creative vision? That's part of what they're hiring me to do. And if I have their input on it, then it's just not going to happen the way that I want it to happen. Uh, we need to be the professionals. We need to be the designers. We need to be the consultants. We are the storytellers of their wedding day. And the album is the storytelling piece. So how can we take their input to say, give me a, the best 100 images that'll go in? So it's not going to be a cohesive story 
if we just allow them to pick images at random. So those are kind of some of the reasons that I don't think it's effective to have your clients choose favorites for an album. Hmm. And do you, so we talked about setting expectations, right? So obviously that's a, that's one of those clear expectations that yes. you set. Is that something that you have that discussion? Yep, when do you, absolutely. when does that discussion with the client take place? Right up front, right up front, right at the right very beginning. Front. Yeah. It's very clear that I tell them like, after your wedding, here's what's going to happen. You're going to get uh, your, your proofs as a USB key so that you have them to keep and that way you can see them and view them and all that. At the same time as you get that, you're going to get an online gallery so you can share it. At the exact same time, I'm going to send you a design of your album that I've put together for you that I think is the best storytelling piece for your wedding album. At that point, you're more than welcome to take a look at it. If you want to swap out one image here and there, if you see a picture during the cocktails of someone that you actually didn't even want to have at your wedding, but you had to because of family dynamics, then you can switch it out. But other than that, there's no limits on the number of pages you have. There's no extra fees that you're going to have. So I want to design a wedding album that is going to be the best storytelling piece for you. I'm going to give that to you with your proofs. And if you want to swap out one or two, you're more than welcome to. Hmm. And 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 I guess just quickly by saying that, like you'll notice that I said if you want to swap out one or two, or I always give a very specific example by saying something like, oh, if there's someone in the cocktail page that you actually don't like and you want to get them out of there, we can go ahead and switch that. I don't say, go ahead and look at it and whatever you want changed, just let me know. I'll do anything for you. I very specifically want it to feel like I'm designing this for you. This is 99% the way there. If there's any small little finessing you want to do, I'm happy to do it. But other than that, what I designed for you is what you're going to get. Hmm. So my question, um, because I know a lot of people are probably thinking the same thing, so I'm going to think for them. Um, <laughs> you started off this conversation by saying you don't limit what you put in the album. So yeah, I, as a photographer, and we all understand, so that's perfect. You you don't have to worry about the client wanting to cut pictures because it's a dollar amount. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm spending a fortune on this album. Is there yeah. is there any limit whatsoever? Do you have a limit to the changes? You suggest one or two. Um, so explain sort of now that end, you know, cause I think that's intriguing to people. Yeah. Yeah, no. So I, I like the only limits and I, and I guess I tell couples, the only limits are the physical limitation that I have for my album manufacturer. So if I, if I physically can't do more than 32 pages with the thick pages, I'm just physically limited by what my album company can do. So I don't limit them in anything other than what I'm limited to by my album company. And in terms of revisions and back and forths and all that, um, I don't think that we need to be implying uh, extra fees for more revisions and those kinds of things because the way that I do it in doing this unlimited album is I've actually never had a couple that had more than two revisions on an album because they're not tying it into a price that they have to pay extra for. They see this album. They love me. They've hired me for the work that I do. They're obviously very connected with my style. And I've designed it in a way that really cohesively tells the story of their wedding day. They're not going to look at it and be like, hmm. I actually don't want pictures of the groom prep in there. So can we go ahead and get rid of that? Because for them, they love it. They're happy with it. So I don't need to have that back and forth. If you're transitioning perhaps from uh, from where you are to getting into that style of doing a wedding album, you may need to sort of have those kinds of expectation conversations with your clients because maybe it wasn't implicit up front that that's the process that you go through. But I think eventually the place we should get to should be where we're not nickel and diming people. Uh, for things like revisions and back and forths and things like that. I charge a lot more for my albums than most photographers do because it's on it's an unlimited album. And because I need to consider the fact that that album could get really big and really expensive for me, I need to consider that when I'm pricing it. But in that pricing, I also consider that there could be a few rounds of revisions. So I've just built that into my pricing. So how many images does that album, that unlimited album, typically end up being? Typically, it could be or... anywhere from 130 images to 200 images, okay. depending on on how much the coverage was. And then in terms of spreads, I'm usually finding, uh, for the way that I design and the way that I photograph, uh, I usually end up around 28 spreads, roughly speaking, you know, plus or minus a few here and there, depending on the coverage. Hmm. So when you've done your pricing on that then, so you've you've sort of figured out your your average, average right yep. and then so you base it and say okay here's this is my average cost ends up being x yep you know if an average album let's say is what 22 20 you said 28 spreads yep so you're probably going to have some clients that it went wind up with like 22 23 spreads and some yep. that wind up with 32 spreads and it just kind of yep. works out in the wash that you'll exactly. make a little bit on some more on yep. some weddings and a little less on others the whole point of an average is that you're going to have some that are above and some that are under. That's what makes it the average, right? So right. Uh, I think the whole idea behind this is if if you hadn't 
had any experience in doing wedding albums at all, uh, it would be very difficult for you to go and start to put these things together because you don't know what you're looking at. But uh, if you if you approach it with a level of intent and say, okay, I know that most of my couples are going to be doing an album like this. I know that based on my experience, I usually can design a cohesive story for a wedding album in this many number of pages. So then just price it out based on that average. Understand that you'll have some above, you'll have some over, or sort of above and under, and price it and be happy with it that way. It's like an all-you-can-eat buffet. Exactly. Some, some a big very expensive, guys will eat a very expensive yeah. all-you-can-eat buffet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and here's something that I think that photographers need to consider. So again, if you're thinking about doing it, I think it's a brilliant idea. Um, you sort of alluded to it, Brian, in that you need to figure out if you're pricing this, if you completely maxed out whatever album company you use, the biggest book, what's that going to cost you? So you want to figure out what you're going to charge for this book based on if it's the most expensive it could possibly be from your album company and then figure out your price from there. Yeah. My, my, my thought process with it all is, and, and this is really a fundamental belief in, in how I price things is, as I want it to be fair. You know, like I, I really don't think that we need to be unreasonable with what we're doing as photographers. And so uh, in pricing my album, you're right. I, I price it to be the average perhaps to the to the higher end of the average to make sure that I'm covered in all cases. And in those times where, you know, I've, let's say that I've priced it based on 28 spreads. If I've got a couple that were going back and forth, I've designed the album and it's turned out to be 32 spreads, I need to be okay to say, I know that my profit margin on this particular album is going to be a little bit less than, than one if I had done maybe 22 spreads. But I'm not going to design an album to say, uh, oh, I, I need to keep this one under 28 spreads because that's what I've priced it based on. I know that it's going to be plus, it's going to be minus. I just want to be fair with it. Also, if you've priced things properly and if you've got your profit margins built in, that doesn't mean that you're going to take a wash on it. You know, if I've if I've priced an album at 28 spreads and I'm designing one that's 32 spreads, that doesn't mean that I'm losing money. It just means that my profit margin is a little bit less. But in the albums that I do where it's 23 spreads, my profit margin is a little bit higher, so I'm fine with that. Hmm. It's an interesting approach to, to things. We we do it a little a different way. So I'm curious, what um, so are there any kind of upsells or, or ways to if if you know, what are the options that clients have if they want? Like, is it is it just simply a bigger size of an album, or there's some options with the album that they can sort of add on afterwards, or do you just offer well, one? That's it. One one style, one size. That's it. Yeah. I mean, like basically I call it the unlimited album and I say I've got a, a ton of samples and I'll kind of do a little bit of uh, needs assessment with them when we're first meeting and then afterwards when we're trying to pick the details of it to figure out what exactly they want. But for me, um, I like a 10 by 15 album, a horizontal album uh, with the thick pages. I use Fineo as my album company and that's all that I offer. I offer 10 by 15. You're going to have thick pages. The only choice they have is do you want a photo cover or do you want a leather cover? If you want a leather cover, here's you know 20 of our options. Which ones do you like the best? And that's it. I keep it really simple. And I think that that is one of the biggest mistakes that so many photographers make is that they make it so damn complicated to buy from them. They say, oh, great. Come on in. You want a wedding album? That sounds great. Here's a Chinese takeout menu of the thousands of options that you can choose. Let's help you. Let's help you pick one of them. And the client is just going to have – it's called paralysis by analysis. They're going to end up making – no choice instead of making a choice. And so I think that we need to make it easy for our clients to buy from us. And by doing things this way, I'm saying to the client, listen, I'm a professional photographer. This is what I do for a living. I've photographed hundreds of weddings and I've designed hundreds of wedding albums. Here's what I know to be the best option. Now, if you want to customize it to have a different leather, to have, if you maybe say that you really love square albums, okay, maybe you can convince me. But 99% of my couples go with a 10 by 15 horizontal album because it's all that I show. So I, I was curious, um, Robert, kind of how you approach things uh, with on the album side of things. Do you offer the same side, like just one kind of take on the album, or do you uh, offer options, or how does it look on your end? Uh, much like Brian, I use one album company, one product. I show one product. I use Couture. Um, and I've just basically done it um, on a number of images, <clears throat> a lot of people will do credits. Um, I've always done kind of a number of images. And then my clients do tend to go over anywhere from 20 to, I mean, I'll sell books with two, 300 images in them sometimes, but that's kind of the clientele that I have. Um, 
But I like Brian's approach to it. I mean, keep it even more simple. Just make up one price for a book. And I think that's kind of what I've started to do with the gift album. That's why I did that experiment on giving them a book. And, you know, so if they don't, you know, if they get my base package and they don't want an album um, or, you know, it's usually because of budget, I wanted to be able to give them something. I don't want them to walk away with nothing. I mean, I'm a firm believer in having a book. Um, and in today's world, uh, it is the one, you know, place where I can make a little bit more money after the fact is my album. Um, yes, I get a few reprint orders, um, occasional wall portrait, things like that. But the album, uh, and again, to the photographers that don't sell them, it is definitely a way um, that you can make money by offering it, you know. And first and foremost, you just need to have samples and examples in your studios for them to see, feel, and touch, or when you go to your meetings. Because uh, if you don't, it's going to be hard to sell them. Well, that's, I want to ask a question about your samples then. So, um, Brian, mm -hmm. you mentioned you have some samples. Robert, you've got some samples. Are those sample albums, are they a collection of weddings, or do you, do you show full weddings and have a few different ones in different locations? What, uh, what do you guys do with your samples? I have both in that I have one book that's like, quote-unquote, my portfolio or my book. Again, uh, I like to describe the Couture book as it looks like a – book you purchased in a fine museum bookstore. It's very fine art, very, you know, 10 by 13, nice paper, nice pages. Um, and those are the same albums that I give to my clients. So generally I will let them look at my uh, book of two, 300 images portfolio. And uh, I also have, of course, full wedding albums so they could sort of envision what their book would look like in there. So I show them both, yes. Brian, how about you? In terms of your sample albums that you show clients, what do those look like? Are they just uh, duplicates of albums that you've done for other clients, or do you design specific albums separate as samples that are like a, a best of Brian Capricci photography? Or Yes, no. So I only do copies of albums I've already printed for couples. Um, I do it for a number of reasons. Number one, um, it saves me time. <laughs> I don't have to go and design and retouch whole new albums. Yeah, good point. We're talking uh, about being efficient and profitable. Right? That's one yeah, way. Absolutely. Uh, number two, I make a point of saying this is a copy of the album I did for Amanda and Dan last year. And so now it sets the expectation in this new client's head, okay, A, wow, this is what a client actually gets. This is what I can expect to get. And it's kind of a way of enforcing social proof to say this is what I do as a business. When you hire me as your photographer, you're going to get an album. Here's proof. Here's an album that somebody got last year. So it kind of does a number of good things. And then also it sets the expectation in their head of this is what a real album will actually be designed to look like. Because if I was just to say, oh, I've, you know, this is one of my sample albums, maybe in my sample album I've got a lot you know, more bigger images in it, for example. And then when the client gets their album design, there's a whole bunch of small images in it. If, if they don't understand that what they're seeing is what they're not getting, that's going to be a really difficult conversation to have with them. Whereas when I show them something that is a copy of something that somebody else has already had, it's very simple for them to say, okay, this is what I can expect to see when I get my album design. Nice. And how often would you recommend photographers update their samples and get new samples in? Okay, do you want the the answer that photographers want to hear or the answer that photographers should hear? <laughs> should hear. Okay. They should hear. Okay. We I are cutting it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think photographers should have something like 10 to 15 sample albums in their business. It's dramatic. Very dramatic. But I advise of that for a very specific reason. If I'm meeting with a couple and they're getting married in a vineyard, and I only have one or two sample albums, and they're both in a church, the way that I'm going to be able to talk and relate to that couple in terms of their specific wedding is not going to be very great. I'm going to be like, oh, that's wonderful. Getting married in this beautiful vineyard. It's an outdoor ceremony. You're having an outdoor candlelit reception. Let me show you a church in a reception hall. Right. There's a huge disconnect. So now all of a sudden I'm not speaking to the need of that client. Maybe they're going to look at my photos and say, ooh, they looked really dark. Well, yeah, it was in a church, so it was really dark. Right. So and they can't picture be, themselves in that setting. They can't picture themselves in that setting. You know? So I, I tell the story and I use the example of when you are looking around to test drive cars, if you're looking to buy a car, and you go in and say, I'm interested in the Volkswagen Tiguan. Do they take a little scale replica of the Volkswagen Tiguan and slide it across the table and say, here you go, no need to test drive it because here it is right here. You can just open the doors in this little scale model and it's got a sunroof that it retracts and everything. Of course they don't do that. It's ridiculous. They let you visualize yourself in their product. Mm 
I think that we need to be doing the exact same thing with our wedding albums. So what I do is I have, I actually have more like 25 sample albums. I'm a nut because every single time, not every time, but whenever I've got an album that I'm designing for a client that I'm thinking, you know, this is a wedding that is different, it's unique, it's something that I want to show future clients, I just order two copies of it for my album company at the time that I order their main wedding album. And so now I've got 25 albums to choose from. So if I'm sitting with a couple that's saying getting married at Queen's Landing, when it comes time for me to show them an album, I will literally pull a wedding from Queen's Landing and only show them that album. Mm. So now I can speak specifically to the needs of the couple that's in front of me. Hmm. Interesting. So how often do you update those? Like every, do you get a, like three or four a year or? No, like even more than that. Like if it's basically, if, if I'm designing a wedding album, uh, for a couple and I'm saying, is this a venue that I want to be photographing at again? Is this a venue that I photograph at often? Do I have a sample album that I think showcases me, my work and my style at this venue already? If the answer is no to that last question, but yes to the first two, I'll order two copies of it. Robert, how about you? What do you, in terms of your samples, how often do you refresh them and update them? And um, I do what Brian does. I will generally order samples from books that I've designed because it is uh, more efficient and quicker and easier and also cost-effective. Uh, my particular album company will give us a 50% discount on duplicate albums. Uh, so not only for myself, um, it's a way I can sell uh, parent books or clone albums. So uh, sometimes even if they didn't order that, uh, at the time I place the order, I will say, I'll send the client an email or call them and say, hey, you know what, the album company's running a special right now. If you want a second book, it's 50% off. And a lot of times I'll sell another album. They're like, oh, really? Okay, great. You know, they'll take that. Um, something else I was thinking of while Brian was talking um, that so Brian orders, uh, you know, he works at a particular venue, orders a book for himself so that he can sell that venue. Uh, as a photographer, marketing tip, what if you order a second book and give it to the mm -hmm. venue? Exactly. So Brian might order three books and one for him, one for the client, one for the studio, and one for the location. Yeah, Brian's like Oprah. You get a book and you get a book. <laughs> you get a book. And you, get a book. <laughs> you get a book. Um, but those of you who don't sell albums or are thinking about it or want to, again, it's just a good, it's a good thought. Like, you know, talk to the album company that you choose, especially if you don't sell albums and you needed to sort of upfront put out some money and develop some, you know, ask for that sample discount. They usually all do it. You know, and even maybe if it, you're new to that company, you've never sold books before or you're trying a new company, uh, ask for a, dis a bigger discount. You know, make it easy on yourself. Say, I really like your books. I want, I want to sell them, uh, but I'm going to need some samples. Uh, you know, because it's the old adage, you know, unless you ask, you don't know. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good thought. Yeah, I know with our album company, they do, like you said, they do uh, a discount on if you're ordering it as a sample. Um, they will print the word sample kind of on the inside of it if you order it as a studio sample, or sometimes it'll say like studio proof or something along those lines. But yeah, definitely talk to your album company. A lot of them offer that. And uh, like I said, it's a good way to get into and get some, you know, get some free samples or not free samples, but just uh, price reduced samples that you can use in your studio. So I want to ask both of you guys uh, just a technical question about the, the actual design process. Do you guys design, do you guys both design your own albums or do you outsource your design? I outsource, but I oversee. Brian, how about you? I design my own. Mm -hmm. um, part of that comes in the, I think outsourcing is a great option. We've had Melissa Jill on the podcast uh, before, and they, she runs a great company that you can outsource to, and I think that's a really great option for a lot of photographers. For me, in my approach to photographing, sort of as the way that I've described it already here on, in our chat, um, I believe it's an extension of the storytelling that I do. And because I'm there on the wedding day seeing things as they're happening and I'm photographing with that intent, um, I like to follow through on that vision to design it myself. That being said, that doesn't mean that I lock myself in a room for two days and take two days to design it. Um, I use Adobe InDesign for my designs. I've gotten very quick at designing with it. And I haven't ever designed an album that has taken me more than an hour to design. So it's a very efficient process. I would say, and I would suggest that if you're taking more than two and a half to three hours to design an album, it's worth your time and your money 
to outsource it and have somebody else do it. So unless you're extremely efficient or you're using a tool like on the Album Designer or Smart Albums, those are two great pieces of software that make design incredibly easy. If you're not using that and if you can't get it out in less than two hours, I'd say consider outsourcing. Yeah, for sure. Or if you suck at design. Right, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, so I think before I wrap it up, I just want to... Um, you talk a little bit about the like the process that you go through in terms of, you know, like you say, getting those changes in from your clients if if you allow them to make changes to the albums, and then kind of how do you, you know, how do you deliver the album and how does that process? What's that look like in terms of the end, you know, the end game of getting the client, you know, their album? Robert, what do you what do you do? How do you go about the? Do you let your clients obviously in the gift book they don't get the choice, but with the other albums, I presume your clients have some input in terms of what ends up in the finished album. Correct. I mean, again, I always do what Brian does in the sense I really push for the pre-design, um, but I'm just flexible if I have that client that little, has a little more control issues uh, where they want to choose their images. I will allow them to do that, but I will still then after that point, like let's say they just picked their 100 images, I'll still over-design the book a little bit. I'll throw things in there that, you know, especially if it's a family portrait-heavy book, um, I'll throw in some of my artistic shots and, you know, it's like, oh, I thought this helped. What do you think? You know, you can always pull them out if you want. Um, so I, I still always kind of push that envelope a little bit. And then with the delivery process, it depends on my clients are all over the world typically. Um, so a lot of times I am shipping to them, but uh, the album company has really nice packaging um, you know, so when it arrives, it's, you know, in a nice uh, velvety type bag and of course packaged well and um, if they're local then I like them to come in and uh, deliver it in person. I think that's one of the things that I kind of miss the way photography's gone. You know we used to all just kind of probably do local weddings within our town or cities and some of us still do um, but I really miss that interaction with my clients coming in the studio and the joy I actually get to sit there and watch them flip through their finished album because it is completely, you know, that reaction when they see them in a book, you know, that's a very common comment is like, oh my gosh, it looks so amazing in a book. The pictures look so different. They look so much better, you know. And again, it goes back to just why we sell books. It's sort of that like tangible touch, tactile, you know, experience that, you know, we've lost a little bit uh, with the advent of digital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned with your clients that are around, uh, that kind of don't live in, in your area, do you get the album first sent to you to kind of go through it, make sure there's no issues, and then send it out, or do you just... I don't. I, to, for simplicity's sake, I drop ship it to them. Yeah. Um, you know, we've done approvals, we've looked at it, I, I really have a lot of faith in my album company, I know how they're delivered, um, and I think I have yet to have anybody complain or send anything back or make a comment so far, so... I've got a good track record. Um, but with that said, I kind of do miss that whole delivering it to my client thing. Yeah. Brian, how about you? How does it, how does, how, first off, for the approvals and for them reviewing the, the album design and stuff like that, do you, is there a tool that you use or anything that you use for the proofing aspect of it? Or <laughs> well, Why, Bruce, yeah. well, <laughs> well, Bruce, let me tell you about the tool that I use. I'm so yeah. glad that you asked. <laughs> okay. That's funny. Well, one of the biggest, you know, for, for the longest time, for many, many years, I actually just did it where I would, after I would do the design, I would email my couple a PDF. Mm -hmm. And I would say, here's a PDF of the design. Go ahead and, you know, the whole thing, if you want changes, feedback, that kind of thing. And uh, in that process, gosh, it was always so damn complicated. They'd be like, oh, on, on page three, can you change the picture on the left that's under this? And can you put Uncle Bob in there? And then, oh, on page 10, I don't like Aunt Margaret. And can we, and it's just like, you're like, who the hell is Aunt Margaret? I don't know who Aunt Margaret is. Like, I don't know any of these things. And it's like, did you mean page three, including the cover, not including the cover? What did you mean? Did you mean spread three or page three, side three? I have no idea what you're talking about. I wasted so much damn time doing that back and forth on all of that. Robert's smiling because he can hear the pitch coming on. No, this is not a pitch. No, no, because I, mean, I, I definitely agree. Like, I did the same thing. I used to say, yeah. I'm smiling because I know the hell that that was. It's, it's a pain in the butt. And so, uh, I mean, listen, there's there's some amazing tools. I'm not going to be naive to think that Sprout Studio is the only tool that's out there. You've got companies like Album Draft, like um, Album Exposure, uh, but Sprout Studio is obviously the tool that I use now because Sprout Studio is my own company. But Sprout Studio uh, 
and the other tools uh, as well. It allows me to upload the spreads into Sprout. I send them the album design. They can flip through it in a much more refined experience as opposed to just sending a PDF of it. And then they can actually click anywhere on any of the pages and ask for specific changes. So they can say, this photo here, can you change this with you know, a different picture of Aunt Margaret. So I know exactly what they're talking about now. So then I go and review the changes in the back end, and it shows me those changes right in line. So there's no miscommunication. There's no back and forth. There's no emailing to clarify some changes that they've had. So it makes the process a lot more streamlined. So that's the particular tool that I use, Sprout Studio. But again, there's many tools that you can do that with as well if uh, that's not the right option for you. And then in terms of uh, delivery of it, uh, like Robert, I like to get in front of my couples to review it for the first time with them because it's sort of that's the first time that they're seeing what I consider to be the finished product for them. And, uh, and I like the idea of being able to sit with them and, and see their reaction, make sure they're happy with it. That's kind of the emotional high of what we do, and I want to be there to uh, make sure that I'm giving the best experience that I can for them. So I'll kind of make like a little bit of a mini event out of it. We'll have more, have a cup of coffee, reminisce, talk about the honeymoon, that kind of thing. That's oftentimes the first time I'm seeing them since the wedding day because after, you know, after the wedding, it's all back and forth via email to get the album approved, to, get, to go ahead to print it, that kind of thing. So that's the first time I'm seeing them. I'm, you know, there's hugs going around. It's just a great way to finish the experience with them. So, yeah, I, I like to do it in person like that. Yeah, and it's kind of that last, it's your, you know, maybe not your last impression, but it, you know, it may be kind your last is, interaction yeah. with them that yeah. could lead to some other, you know, referrals or other things. So it's a good way to kind of, I guess, cap off the relationship and totally you know, yeah. bring it sort of full circle. So, yeah, we like to deliver ours in person if, you know, if we can. Again, they're, if they're out of town or, you know, we had one of our clients this year, they, they moved uh, out right after the wedding. They actually relocated to another province, uh, but her sister was still in town, so she was able to come by and pick it up. Um, for them, and then she was going to be going out to visit them. So still, there was still a personal touch to it, but mm-hmm. not, you know, you can get to meet with the actual bride and groom. But you know, that happens sometimes. It's the world, yeah. the world that we live in these days. So. <laughs> Excellent, good stuff. Well, I think you know, hopefully that helped our audience. Uh, you know, with some uh, some tips and some suggestions to make their album you know design process a little more efficient and hopefully a little more profitable and productive for them. So let's move on. Uh, let's quickly uh, answer a listener question. Um, each week, we will choose a listener question to answer on the show. And this week, we've got a question. It's from uh, David from Ireland. So I, should I read this in an Irish accent? or Yeah, do no? it. I, w- I want to yes. see you try. I, I'm a photographer based in Ireland in a small town <laughs> hours away from the capital city. No, I won't, I won't butcher that. No, do it. Do it. It's good. No, I, I, can, keep doing I, it. can't, I can't keep up my Irish accent that long. <laughs> I haven't had enough Baileys yet this morning. <laughs> so basically, what uh, what David is uh, is asking, he said, uh, they're they're in a small town. They're hours away from the capital city. They moved to the town for his family, and been, he's been trying to get his foot in the door with local businesses. And he's even gone to the next few towns over and bigger towns, but he's having zero luck with any of them. Even with the idea of collaborating instead of payment, i.e., flower shops hold my wedding cards, but they're not interested. I'm thinking collaboration can lead to my name being passed on so that it might help in the end. I've tried hairstylists and makeup artists, but no luck there either. All these businesses seem to be happy with camera phone images for their businesses and social media, but most of them don't have or bother with social media or websites. Even two photography studios local to me don't have websites. In the past, I've done well with models and other portraits, but when it comes to getting my name out locally for the past few years, it's just not happening. I know things are different on your side of the globe, but maybe you and your guests have some ideas. So first, I want to, before we, we take ta- a crack at this, I want to encourage our audience, if you guys have any suggestions or feedback for David from Ireland, um, jump in our Facebook group and uh, start the discussion there and, and share your thoughts on how you think David might be able to, you know, break into a, into a small location. But I'm going to throw it out to you guys, the experts here. What do you guys think? Have you got any advice for David? Well, David, I think you got yourself into a wee bit of a predicament. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> I really feel for you. That just sounds like you've put a lot of effort in there and you're and you just not uh, winning any, any favor. We've just lost all our Ireland audience. That's it. They're all gone. (laughs) I had to throw a little in there. I mean, as you kept reading it, I was like, wow, wow. I mean, I guess my only thought is, you know, keep trying. I think one thing that kind of popped in my mind was 
maybe try the whole like styled shoot aspect of it. You know, throw together something that you want to do and invite a vendor. Hey, I'm going to need some flowers and and I'm going to do this and this and this. And again, the most important thing I think with the styled shoot without getting into it is you need to know where it's going to go first. So pick a destination, pick the blog, the magazine that you're going to try to shoot for, and then, uh, you know, work towards that. Um, business is all about relationships. So, you know, don't give up, keep at it. Um, see if there's any, uh, you know, local gatherings or get togethers. And if there's not create one, you know, say, Hey, I have a, you know, a throw back some pints at the local pub and invite your friends uh, to come and, and, you know, just sort of start to develop those relationships. You know, of course, each community is a little bit different and, you know, some people are going to be more closed off and some are more welcoming. Um, so those are, that's my two cents. Brian, have you got anything to help David out? So I think this is a perfect use case for when you need to uh, kind of take the reins and educate people. I think that obviously, you know, David is saying that some of the folks in his community are happy with iPhone photos. They're, they're not really doing anything in terms of social media, marketing or presence or even having a website. And I think that that's a great way for him to kind of say, kind of, kind of make himself the authority on that locally. If he's the only one that's doing that kind of stuff and no one else is, perfect. I mean, make, make that your mission. Uh, I think he can go and I've done this locally in my small town because my small town is a fairly more traditional town. They weren't really on top of things in terms of social media and all that kind of thing. So I went and started holding workshops and seminars and I started teaching local business owners, here's what you can do with this thing they call the internet today. You know, this is what you can do with social media. These are what you can do with great uh, images on your website and educate people and be that person that, that everyone else in the community goes to in terms of the business community that they go to to say, wow, this guy, David, really knows what he's talking about. I really value everything I've learned from him. And obviously, next time that they need photographs mm -hmm. done, they're going to go right to you. Uh, you. You can almost like lead them to say, you know, here's a use case for using social media. Here's a use case for how websites can be effective. Oh, and here's a use case for photography and having great images on your website and using in social media. Oh, and by the way, here's a great promotion that I have for you guys for everyone that's attending the seminar if you want to kind of take things to the next level. So I think that this is a great opportunity for David to, to, to take what might be a bit more of an older-fashioned business mindset in his community and really kind of refresh them, and he can be the leader of that refresh and the authority on it in his local area. That's what I would recommend to him. Excellent. Well, great, great suggestions. And like I say, if our, if our audience has some suggestions for David, feel free to jump into our Facebook group and add your thoughts to the matter, or you can comment on the blog post for this episode. And of course, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question and want to have your local accent butchered by uh, by one of us, <laughs> um, feel free to send it in. Please, somebody from Scotland, send us a question. Um, I do a really good Scottish accent. Too. We see. We want to hear Robert's Scottish accent. And Brian, what accents do you do? What what countries can we represent? I, I'm not good. I can do Canadian. I can do Canadian. That's Canadian. Okay. <laughs> so you guys, I, I wasn't Canadian really well. <laughs> we did pretty good. So if you want to send us a question to, uh, that uh, we might answer on the show, uh, just head on over to thisweekinphoto.com. You can leave your question in the comments for this episode, or just send us an email at twipwed at thisweekinphoto.com. All right, before we wrap things up, let's quickly go through our picks of the week. Uh, each episode, we will share a photography-related item that we think would benefit wedding photographers. Picks can be anything as long as they're somehow related to photography or the business of photography. Who wants to go first? Who's ready with their pick? I'll I have go. a pick. Yeah. Bruce, Bruce, you go first. You go first. Oh, I'm going to move. Okay. So my, so my pick this week is actually related to the topic, um, which is album design. And it's the tool that I use. Uh, it's the, uh, the Fundy. Uh, album designer. Uh, Brian mentioned it as well. It's one of the tools that's out there. Um, so I've been using Fundy for a few years now, and it's a great tool for designing albums. So if you find InDesign a little too overwhelming, and a lot of people have the Creative Cloud or the Creative Cloud Suite, so they have InDesign as part of it, but if they look at it and it's just like, no, it's too much. Um, Fundy's a really, really awesome tool. You can design an album literally within you know a half an hour. I could sit down and, and design an album. And then it's fairly simple and interactive to just change and swap the design out. Um, they also now have their own proofing solution that ties right in with yep. Fundy Designer. So you can you can upload the design to a site, send the link to the client, they can go in and make their changes, and then you see that all right in the software and in the interface. And then they're, they're integrated with a lot of labs too. So uh, you can send your uh, album right straight from the software to your lab, depending on the lab that you work with. They don't work with... Unfortunately, they don't work with my album uh, company yet. Uh, 
uh, but hopefully soon. And so it's a great tool if you're looking for something to help with album design. So that's Fundy Album Designer. I'm so glad you didn't say Smart Albums. Oh, there you go. Because <laughs> that, like, that your pick? Was, I've actually done this pick before because we've talked about it. But um, exactly what Bruce said, Smart Albums is another alternative. Uh, I do use Smart Albums in my own business or for our own design team. Um, it's the same thing. It's it's amazingly simple, especially if you have about 100, 150 images. You could literally design a book in probably 20, 30 minutes. I, once you're up and running the speed, there's really no learning curve. Um, you can pick it up right away. It's really a great way to, to do that. And, and just like Fundy, it has an in-app or in-software uh, approval process where the client gets an email, they make the comments, you make the changes, and then it goes right back to them. And of course, too, just like Fundy, uh, it connects to many different album companies. You know, I told you I work with Couture, so it connects to mine. So you basically start the process up by selecting your album company, which automatically has all the templates and designs and, and those type of things, your parameters, and you can go. So uh, there's a lot of great products out there. I think those are two of the most simplistic ones. Uh, but I don't know about Sprout Studio because I haven't tried that yet. But, <laughs> but I, need to, I need to look into that as well. Yeah. So Sprout Studio is not, not uh, designed, just I guess to be clear. So it's not to design the album. And uh, <clears throat> I've used both Fundy Album Designer and Smart Albums. They're both amazing tools. They've each got their pros and cons. And so I, you know, I, I, I would actually endorse both of those, I think. Yeah. Both your picks of the week are, are great picks and very relevant for today. I feel... I feel bad that mine isn't anything necessarily related. But my pick of the week is where I was last week. I was speaking at Canada Photo Convention uh, in Toronto, which is a, a wonderful Canadian conference. First of its kind, every speaker was from Canada. So that was like Ooh. super cool because, you know, go Canada. That's the, very rarely the case. So I think that's a lot of fun. And uh, Jasser and Twyla and the, and the crew over at Canada Photo Convention are running incredible. They're doing a, a really great job running a, a refined conference that focuses a little bit more on the business end of being a photographer than it does necessarily just on the actual shooting, lighting style of being a photographer. And one of the things I love most about it, uh, both as an attendee and as a speaker, is it was a single track setup, meaning that everyone watched everyone speak. You didn't have to choose to go to this speaker or this speaker. So you had 250 people in the room that all got to watch every single presentation. So it kind of led as a speaker to having more people in the room and being able to inspire and teach and, and coach more photographers. But then as a speaker, I then got to watch all the other speakers, which was really cool. So I liked that kind of process, that workflow. I think they're doing a, a really great job in kind of leading leading the change in education and workshops for photographers. And they've got two conventions a year. One is coming up uh, in April in Vancouver, April 5th to 7th, uh, 2016. That's in Vancouver. I'll and then in Toronto, again, you're, you're going to be there? I'll be there. I'm going. Yes, right on. We'll be there yeah. as well. We're sponsoring it. Uh, for oh, Spro, so nice. Awesome. See you there. Uh, and October 4th to 6th in Toronto is when the next one is next year. So CanadaPhotoConvention.com is where people can find more. Awesome. Robert, you should come up and hang out with a bunch of us Canadians. You should. <laughs> Could I get a free pass? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So anyways, that's that's my pick of the week, Canada Photo Convention. With that U.S. dollar exchange right now, it's, per, it's like getting pretty free. Pretty much is free, yeah. Right? It's pretty much free, right? I don't know. I just have issues. You know, they always look at me funny at the border. They're like, why do you want to come into this country? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I hear the after parties are quite good at uh, Canada Photo Convention. As yeah, well, it was so. fun this year. It was like lower key in Toronto because there was less people, but yeah. it was still a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going yeah. for my first time. And I'm going to try and have Jasser on, actually, uh, in yeah. a future episode to talk Perfect. a little bit more about it and uh, and also his other business, Photo Booths. Yep. So it'll awesome. be a future. A little tease. Cool, cool. Awesome. Well, I think that brings us to the end of another episode of Twip Weddings. Uh, so once again, we want to thank our sponsors for their support and uh, remind our audience to send in your questions for the show and share your thoughts by commenting on the blog post for this episode. So what's everybody up to in the next little while and where can our audience go to keep up with everybody mr evans we'll start with you well up to just got back from photo plus which was awesome and uh shot zeitgeist i think i mentioned that before which was great um I'm home for a little bit i've got a orlando trip next month for a little business but um just enjoying being home and if you want to find me uh just look up my name RobertEvans.com is my website. At RobertEvans is Twip, or not Twip, 
Well, you can find me here on Twitter. Yeah. At Robert Evans is Instagram and Twitter, which was I was trying to spit out. Uh, Facebook, you can find me. Uh, my Facebook page is Robert Evans Studios. And that's it. That's, that's all you need. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Mr. Caparici, what do you got going on? And where can well, find since, you? since we last did an episode, uh, I was down in Orlando myself speaking at a real estate photography convention, which was kind of fun. Totally different than the wedding and portrait space that I normally speak in, but it was uh, interesting. And one of the things I learned is that photographers, regardless of the specialty or genre, all have the same challenges. <laughs> so it was it was nice to sort of see that, you know, we're not in necessarily our own silo with the problems that we have as wedding photographers. You mean we're not special? We're not special. We're not special. <laughs> yeah. There's something that Jerry Gionis says in, in some of his workshops, and he says, you're special just like everybody else. <laughs> I love it. You unique little snowflake, you. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I was there speaking in Orlando at a conference. I was speaking at Canada Photo Convention last week. In two weeks, I'm speaking at the VizTech uh, conference convention that they've got, the big trade show. So that'll be kind of cool. And... Um, we're launching Sprout Studio next November, this November 4th, so a week from today, uh, which is when we're recording it, but obviously by the time this comes out, we'll have launched. So, so this is like the public uh, launch. The big public launch, one we've been talking about for seven months now, so it's a very exciting and uh, it's crunch time over here at the office. So uh, if anyone's listening and, and wants to get in and try it out, we do have a trial uh, they can just visit GetSproutStudio.com. And other than that, all my education lives over on SproutingPhotographer.com. That's where I uh, write and have a podcast about the business of photography and would love to have any of our listeners over there. Excellent. Good stuff. Well, I've just been, we, we just uh, shot our kind of, unless barring any last minute bookings, we just photographed our last wedding of the 2015 season. So we're kind of in that uh, album design mode and Christmas ordering crunch mode and all that sort of stuff right now. Um, had a chance to take a little break and go out to Ottawa and actually go to a wedding as a guest, which felt a little strange. I <laughs> didn't even remember how to, how to be a guest at a wedding anymore. That was a little, that was, that was interesting. So that was kind of fun. Um, and we had, you know, time between the ceremony and the reception to actually go have a beer and watch the Blue Jays game, which was, it just felt weird. I felt weird. <laughs> I felt like I should be doing something here, but... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yes, yeah, so that's what we've been up to. But if you want to find uh, us, you can check out our website, momentsanddigital.com. There you'll find links to our blog where we've been posting most of our recent uh, weddings and engagement sessions. You can check those out. Or if you want to follow me online, I'm at Bruce Clark. Uh, that's Clark with an E on most of the usual suspects, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. And with that, that brings us to another end of another exciting episode of Twip Weddings. Be sure to visit our website at thisweekinphoto.com for this show and lots of other great shows on the This Week in Photo network. And thanks again for listening to Twip Weddings, raising the bar one wedding at a time. <laughs> <laughs>